Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You are now listening to my dad's podcast. Starting with the ARRIVE trial in 2018, there's been a burst of literature regarding neonatal and maternal outcomes with advancing weeks of gestation starting at 37 weeks up to 42. What seems to be the sweet spot for delivery? And is it really worse to deliver at 41 compared to 40 weeks or 42 compared to 41? Let's take a look at the data. Evidence from randomized trials and population-based reports indicates that among low-risk nulliparous women, neonatal and maternal morbidities are significantly more common at 40 and 41 weeks of gestation than they are at 39 weeks. Such neonatal complications include APGAR scores less than 5 at 5 minutes, respiratory morbidity, ventilation for 6 hours or longer, neonatal seizures, and mortality. Maternal complications more common at 40 and 41 weeks compared to 39 weeks includes hypertensive disorders of pregnancy, cesarean delivery, admission to an ICU, transfusion, uterine rupture, and even unplanned hysterectomy. These issues were the foundation of the recent August 2019 publication in Obstetrics and Gynecology by Chen et al. That publication's title was Neonatal and Maternal Adverse Outcomes Among Low-Risk Paris women at 39 to 41 weeks of gestation. The objective was to compare the composite neonatal or maternal adverse outcomes among low-risk Paris women between 39 and 41 weeks. This was a retrospective cohort study using the U.S. Vital Statistics dataset from 2012 to 2016. The authors evaluated low-risk Paris women with sonographically normal singleton pregnancies who delivered at 39, 40, or 41 weeks of gestation, as reported in completed weeks. Now, the primary outcome, the composite neonatal adverse outcome, included any of the following, an APGAR score less than 5 at 5 minutes, assisted ventilation for longer than 6 hours, neonatal seizure, or neonatal mortality. The secondary outcome, the composite maternal adverse outcome included any of the following, ICU admissions, blood transfusions, uterine rupture, or unplanned hysterectomy. Let's get into the results next. Of 19.9 million live births during the study period, 5.4 million met inclusion criteria. Among those, 54% delivered at 39 weeks, 36% delivered at 40 weeks, and only 9.9% delivered at 41 weeks. 
Let's take a look at neonatal outcomes first. At 39 weeks of gestation, the composite neonatal adverse outcome was 4 per thousand. At 40 weeks, it was 5 per thousand. And at 41 weeks, it was 6.9 per thousand. Even the multivariable adjusted analysis showed that the risk of the composite neonatal adverse outcome was higher at 40 and 41 weeks compared to 39 weeks. However, the risk of neonatal death was not significantly different at different weeks of gestation. Okay, let's stay on this topic of neonatal adverse outcomes with advancing gestational age just for a bit longer. Remember, this retrospective study did show an increase in the composite morbidity, but did not show a change in neonatal death. But let's take a look at a separate publication from 2019 specifically on the risk of stillbirth. Increased rates of stillbirth were reported by a separate research group. Muglu et al. published Risk of Stillbirth and Neonatal Death with Advancing Gestational Age at Term. This was a systematic review and meta-analysis of cohort studies of 15 million pregnancies. This was published also in 2019 in Plus Medicine Online. This was a database search of Medline, Embase, and Google Scholar scanning from 1990 to 2018. This involved cohort studies on term pregnancies that provided estimates of stillbirth or neonatal death by week of gestation. The prospective risk of stillbirth increased with a gestational age from 0.1 per thousand at 37 weeks to 3.18 per thousand at 42 weeks. One additional stillbirth occurred for every 1,400 pregnancies that advanced from 40 to 41 weeks of pregnancy. Additionally, according to this study, neonatal mortality also increased when pregnancies continued beyond 41 weeks. The risk increased significantly for deliveries at 42 compared to 41 weeks. Now remember, this is in contrast to the study that we just originally discussed from the Green Journal in August of 2019, which showed no increase in neonatal death by weeks of gestation. So, there's a distinction and a discrepancy between these two studies. All right, hang in there, guys, because we're coming up to the end of the podcast. We just covered the neonatal morbidity reports from that Chen et al. publication. But what about the maternal composite adverse events? The maternal composite adverse events were, at 39 weeks of gestation, 2 per 1,000. At 40 weeks, it was 2.4 per thousand, and at 41 weeks, increased to 3.1 per thousand. Now remember, individually, these represent small increases. However, on an epidemiological model throughout the country, these numbers may have real implications. The multivariable adjusted analysis also showed that the risk of maternal adverse outcomes was higher at 40 and 41 weeks compared to 39 weeks. The risk of two individual maternal morbidities, blood transfusion, and uterine rupture also were significantly higher at 40 and 41 weeks in comparison to 39 weeks of gestation. 
So what did these authors conclude? They concluded that among low-risk Paris women who delivered from 39 weeks through 41 weeks of gestation, the risk of neonatal and maternal adverse outcomes, although uncommon, did increase as gestational age advances. So, is 39 weeks the sweet spot for delivery? Let's take a look at the final study, the ARRIVE trial, next. The researchers carried out the ARRIVE study, which was a randomized trial of induction versus expected management, to find out if elective induction of labor using Pitocin to augment delivery at 39 weeks would result in a lower rate of death and serious complications for babies, compared to waiting until at least 40 weeks and 5 days for elective induction. Remember, that lead author was Grohman et al. They also wanted to see if inductions had an effect on the risk of C-section. Inducing labor at 39 weeks did not improve the primary outcome of death or serious complications for the babies. But for mothers, induction at 39 weeks was in fact linked to a lower rate of cesarean compared to expectant management. And those that were induced at 39 weeks also had a lower chance of developing pregnancy-induced high blood pressure. All right, guys, we have just summarized the newly released Obstetrics and Gynecology 2019 publication by Chen et al. on neonatal and maternal adverse outcomes among low-risk Paris women at 39 to 41 weeks of gestation. Here's a shout-out to the University of Texas Health Science Center at Houston from which this study publication came out from in union with Northwestern University in Chicago. Remember, these authors found that, though only modestly, the rates of the composite neonatal and maternal adverse outcomes do increase from 39 to 41 weeks of gestation, even among low-risk Paris women. So it seems to be that 39 weeks really does seem to be a sweet spot for those with good gestational criteria for delivery. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.